0: Greetings and welcome to the Golf Bank System Podcast 173. This is our twenty twenty-one Scottish Open and John Deere Classic Tips and Selections podcast. Paul Williams and Barry O'Hanrahan join me, Steve Bamford to discuss this week's European and PGA Tour Golf. Good morning, gents. How are we?
1: Morning guys. Yeah, very well, you?
0: Good morning. Yeah, we're all right. It. It's a bit rainy over here in the UK, but we'll get through that. Uh, this podcast is for listeners of 18 and above. Please be gamble aware. You can visit begambleaware.org for more info. And of course, we know that you do. Please bet responsibly. Visit our world famous golf betting system website with our in depth betting previews. There's massive, masses of tournament statistics. We've got our strokes gain data on the John Deere Classic and our predictor models, all available completely free of charge with no paywall. Please subscribe to this podcast and drive the popularity of the show. We're available on social media. Barry is at A Good Talk Golf. Paul is at Golf Betting. I'm at Bamford Golf. You can join our Golf Betting System Facebook group. The link is available in the description box. Plus, look out for the Steve Bamford Golf YouTube channel where I present the Golf Betting Show every week. Please subscribe and like the shows. I'll be doing this week's John Deere Classic Show after we finished this podcast record which we're doing tuesday morning in the uk now i put out a plea a plea for five star apple podcast reviews and we've had i wouldn't say an influx but we've certainly had a few as ever for those of you who leave a review because we need more of them i will read them out at the start of a future show and don't forget of course we are coming up to two Open Championship Podcast. We've got a research podcast later this week, and we've also got the Tips Podcast, which I think we might be recording next Monday or Tuesday morning latest. So leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. That is the least you can do. It effectively drives the popularity of the podcast. Right. I've got one here from Rob. Sorry, Rob. And Rob is in Falkirk in Scotland. Its title is the best golf podcast in the world! Exclamation mark. Five stars. I didn't know anyone who loved betting on golf as passionately as me until I found this podcast. The three guys are excellent and very knowledgeable about golf and golf betting. If you bet on golf, you must listen to this show. The must is in capitals. Steve, Paul, and Barry, on behalf of all of your regular listeners, thank you for your great work and good luck at the Irish and Irish Open and Rocket 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 Mortgage this week. Well that's very nice of you, Rob. Thank you, um thank you for your five star review. Yeah, cheers. Appreciate. That was, that,
1: that, yeah. cheers, Rob. that um, there wasn't a great deal of luck at the uh, Irish Open and the uh, Rocket Mortgage from his message, but uh, the, the sentiment is very well received, so thanks.
2: Maybe, maybe the luck will carry over this week. Thank you very <laughs> much for that, Rob. It's nice to nice to hear from fellow degenerates.
1: Absolutely.
0: My tips, I had a miscut Scott Piercy. I had Maverick McMe- McNeely in 21st. I had Jason Dane 14th. And I had Seamus Power in a tie for 8th at 15-under. He shot 67 on Sunday and only jumped four spots on the leaderboard. It was that kind of tournament. So I had kind of... Pl- oh, I also had Matthew Wolfe, who ended up 58th. Yeah,
1: he started uh, well, though, Wolf, didn't he?
0: Yeah, he, he played. Tito Green was fantastic. Uh, the putter was ice... You can't putt at 1.9 and win a 18-under par birdie fest. That ain't going to work. So it boiled down to Cam Davis, Troy Merritt, who I did have a very good look at, and Wacky Neiman in a
2: playoff. You did talk about Joaquin last week, Steve. I did. Yeah. I think
0: I spoke about them all apart from Cam Davis, who I didn't have a lot of interest in. But you look at, you look at how DeChambeau had pulled that course apart the year before. Davis did kind of fit the mould. I mean, Davis and Neiman now—they're probably two of the longest in the field last week, weren't they? Absolute, you know, power off the tee. And Merritt, more of a short court, more of a kind of scrambler and a fantastic putter. Which he top strokes game. Yeah, he topped top strokes strokes game putting last week.
2: Merritt. He 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 drove it very well. He was just hitting lasers down there. I mean, do you know what this, It was really exciting on the back nine on Sunday. There were just birdies flying everywhere, and if you were making par, you were going backwards. Um, I, I got got we got Seamus through into a quarter. Oh, his place was quartered, which uh, which really stunned because he was at good odds last week. Um, he just knew he needed one more birdie, and that uh, eagle chip on seventeen came up a few inches short, and. Um, he had a chance on eighteen. He didn't leave it short either, from what I could tell on shot tracker. So, oh, really good week for Sheamus. So close, and you, f- you feel you feel there's something coming, like something big. And we hope hope it clicks because these like almost places or you know quarter places, they kind of sting when he's playing so well. Um, from from our perspective on gambling, but I'm sure from his as well. Like he's getting he's what three shot three shots out of the playoff over the whole week. Yeah. yeah. Top top
1: tens work for him, don't they? You know, any of those that players helps. who are you know, yeah. if they're struggling for a start or Monday qualifying or alternates, he's, then getting a the top ten's good, isn't it? He's yeah. still sitting
0: at one forty in the FedEx Cup rankings.
2: Yeah, but he's, he's he feel, it's he feel tangible
0: like, it he's, he feels like he's been in the places for the last like time of memorial. I think he's had two top tens and two top twenties in his last four appearances and he's still at one forty in the FedEx Cup playoffs. For for new for, 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 for listeners that are new to golf, to, to hold full playing privileges for next season, you need to A, be a winner, or B, finish in the top 125 of the FedEx Cup. So, you know, the scramble to get in that top 125 for pros is absolutely huge. There is also a 126 through 150 category, which would mean that you would still be playing PGA Tour next year next season but um, you won't get into the big tournaments in that category um, so yeah that's what you know minimum 150 on the FedEx Cup is what players are, are playing for
2: this yeah. year he, he, he just needs he needs one good week like a top five or top three would really sort of base a win takes care of everything as I say but you know it's getting it's getting down to the real tight tight end of the season just looking at the schedule here I mean he's got what John Deere, Barbasol, if he plays it, which is, um, if he wins this week, he gets a spot in the Open Championship, right? Um, then there's the 3M, Barracuda, and the Wyndham. I don't think he's getting into the WGC's unless he gets a win. So, you know, there's only five events left for him to yeah. to put in that one big week or a couple of yeah. more top tens. Top top three, top
1: four, something like that would do it, though. Sort yeah. Quite reasonable.
2: Yeah.
0: I was count, I was counting it up this morning. You're right. There's five PGA Tour events left. There's the John Deere Classic. You've got the Barber Soul Championship, which is an alternate event like next week. Um, <clears> Three <throat> M Open. You've then got the Barracuda and then the Wyndham Championship. They're, those are the five left before we go into the playoffs. Um, I'm just trying to look here. Um, it was it was um, Hank Levioda, Lebi- wasn't it? Who was? Mm-hmm. He jumped from one one four to 94, so he's now safe after last week. In fact, he's safe after the last two weeks. Um, he finished fourth and jumped 20 spots in the FedEx Cup. Yeah, that's what you need. So he needs a top five power, really. Yeah. But yeah, it was a good tournament. I quite I quite enjoyed the tournament round. There was just enough win the first three days i mean it was a soft soft golf course as we said Monday, thursday friday but it was always that um it was 20 miles an hour on thursday and friday it was gusting 25 miles an hour so that kept the lid on the scoring and then sunday it's pan calm all of a sudden your likes of kizaya shooting eight under with alex Nuren.
2: the detroit fire department was busy saturday night going into sunday morning was it I just think it,
0: it was all. It was always soft. It was just that there was no wind on Sunday whatsoever. So yeah. they were just they were, It was it was lights out. Sixty fours. Here we come. So yeah, good tournament. Congratulate a lot of people were on Cam Davis. So well played. A lot of people were also on Wacky. I think that top three in the playoff. There were a lot of punters on those three players. So mm. um, well yeah. played. Yeah, a to lot everybody. of merit as well. Yeah. What about you in Scotland, Paul? Uh, not spot Scotland, <laughs> Ireland, Scotland. Ireland. Apologies. Ireland.
1: Yeah. No. Uh, four four picks. Horsfield withdrew. Um, I've not seen a definitive reason but it sounds like there was a bit of a niggle there which uh, which caused him to withdraw the other three all had chances of uh, at least placing um, all of them finishing the tie for 12th which is no good um, but um, yeah Andy Sullivan was probably the one that was most disappointing because he was hovering around favouritism or second favourite for much of the event and uh, just I don't know two step forward one back every time and again similar to yours you can't make those mistakes um, you can't give up those shots when you're chasing down what's a relatively relatively low score so yeah he, he kind of flattered to deceive Aaron Rye put a decent shift in on the Saturday and then just couldn't move forward enough on the Sunday Adrian Otegi at various points um, looked like he could push forward for a, for a place at 80-1 to one, but but yeah in the end they all finished in tie for 12 which is a, a couple of shots out of places and uh, doesn't help your return's Whatsoever. So, uh, no, but they're yeah. good
2: pick. They're good picks, though. I know it's, it hurts like to miss like a cro- or an almost crossbar on a few of them, but it's you know to know that your picks are that close. That's uh, it, you, know, you got to take a little bit of confidence from it on a week where you've taken yeah. a bit of a battering. Um yeah. it's good. Good. Like I mean, Herbert. That's really impressive. It's like taking a couple of top twenties over on the PGA Tour and just come over here and gone oh, this is easy. Bang, win.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, he got away with the few on Sunday, though. But uh, but I you, think,
2: you, have to. you know,
1: it's, it's got, that, that tends to happen, doesn't it? Um, I guarantee if my player had been up there and he starts spraying about like Lucas Herbert did on the Sunday, he'd have been shooting six over, not uh, not getting the job done. But uh, yeah, that's by the by. It's, uh, I think th- things will change,
0: we, won't they? We said yesterday, didn't we, about Cam Davis chipping in out of the bunker on 17. If that had been yeah. our player, they'd, they'd have been making three out of the bunker. <laughs>
2: <You're> it <crying. laughs> would have been instantly Just, replaced, and we'd have ended up ball. in a tie
0: for twenty-first.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, you'd have got, you'd have gone from a position of potentially winning to missing in yeah. each-way place.
2: Did uh, Did you see poor Francesco Laporta make double bogey on the eighteenth to miss out in the Open Championship? Oh, I know this, uh, the, the, that the was, lines are so
1: fine, aren't they?
2: Oh, it's, that was brutal. It was so cruel. And then Carlberg uh, chipping in for birdie to get his spotlight. So the you know the good the 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 good and the bad all in a few minutes.
0: all right Barry, we're twelve minutes in. We have to move on. We're gonna, we're, right, we're, des- we're we're desperate listeners to try and keep this to about a, an hour. So we're going to move on. The um, undoubtedly the uh, f- the feature event of this week is the Scottish Open, the week before the Open Championship. So I'll hand you over to Paul Williams for this uh, this section of the pod. Over you go. Yeah.
1: Yeah, the Scottish Open, um, second Rolex series of the event of the season. And uh, now we've had that schedule restored to some kind of normality after last year's issues, um, It's uh, the Scottish Open precedes the Open Championship as it was intended. So back to some kind of normality, which is good. Um, last week, the Irish Open was a parkland track. So in the past, over the last two or three years, we've seen a number of players come over, a number of the big names come over and play either the Irish Open or the Scottish Open to kind of sharpen their tools ahead of the Open Championship. But with last week being Parkland, um, with this week being Lynx E, I'll, I'll say rather than Lynx. Um, we've got a far stronger field have come over for this week rather than last. Um, and I mean, that's reflected by the betting. I've run through some of the names at the top because it is for a European tour event. It really is strong. Uh, John Rahm leads the betting at 8-1. to one. Um, That's the best price. It's round about sevens generally. um, Coming straight from the back of his uh, first major win at Torrey Pines a couple of weeks back. Uh, Xander's 14 to 1. Colin Morikawa's 14 to 1. Rory McIlroy, 18 to 1. Justin Thomas, 20 to 1. uh, Till Hatton's 22 to 1 best price. Uh, Scotty Sheffield's 28 has been nibbled in a little bit. Uh, matt fitzpatrick 30 to 1 tommy fleetwood 33 to 1 40 to 1 bar those but even beyond that you've got the names uh names such as Corey connors uh will zalatoris has come over sam burns a number of really strong players and then you've got uh, some of the, blo- the guys at the top end of the european tour there as well the uh, likes of Bob McIntyre there's plenty plenty of quality in this week's field and uh, I saw tweeted that this is the strongest Scottish open field um that there ever has been and that's no surprise to me looking at the field and the betting that's out there this week very much looking forward to it um just in terms of the betting one one thing to say I, there's, there's in terms of extended places, all of the actions shifted from the PGA tour over to the European tour this week. So whereas you were seeing eight and maybe 10 places over on the PGA tour, that's um, those market uh, options, those uh, terms have been shifted over. So, uh, do shop around. Um, one of the deals that we mentioned last week, um, Coral has been extended actually until the end of Sunday this week. So they're going eight places each way on this event. They're going eight places each way on your event, Steve, over yeah. at the John Deere Classic. They are. And, and their bet five, get 30 and 30 free spins offer has been extended until Sunday at midnight after the football has finished. Uh, full T's and Seasons apply, of course. Check the T's and and the link out on the website if you fancy a bit of that deal. Eight places each way, as I say on the Scottish Open. Um, onto the track, Renaissance Club. It's the third year on the trot that we've seen this track. Um, so if you're checking through the stats on the site, last year, 2020, 2019, both played here at Renaissance. Prior to that, it was a various different. Scottish Open track, so do bear that in mind. Uh, the track sits on Scotland's Gulf coast and um, sits between Muirfield and Archerfield Links on the on the coast up there in Scotland. Uh, essentially, though, for purists, it's a manufactured links. It was opened in two thousand and eight. It's designed to look like it had been there for a hundred years, but um, it, you know you can tell the difference uh, subtly between these manufactured new links and those that have been around for for time immemorial. In terms of features, though standard affair, gorse, thick rough, some seaside seaside holes, pop bunkers, um, normal kind of linksy look and feel to it. Um, in terms of the raw uh, setup, par seventy one, seven thousand two hundred ninety three yards, fescue greens. So you're looking at the likes of uh, Castle Stewart, which used to host this event. Uh, Royal Burkdale for the twenty seventeen Open Championship was uh, on fescue greens, and of course. The last two years that have been held here at renaissance as well and with any of these tracks the scoring is completely weather dependent if it's calm if it's soft if there's not much happening in terms of the weather then um, these tracks tend to be extremely scorable they're exposed they're they're open to open to attack by the professionals if there's wind wind around if there's rain around if there's conditions that make it tougher then the scoring can be quite a lot higher and um, this year, looking at the forecast, I mean, over the last couple of days, there's been flash floods um, throughout the uh, UK and uh, up that side of Scotland as well. It's been quite wet. I saw some pictures yesterday of it's uh, absolutely hammering down with rain um, by the course yesterday. Um, for the days itself, for the, for the tournament days, it looks like it's going to be fine. It looks like it's going to be um, dry. It looks like it's going to be sub 10 miles an hour winds. 18, 19 degrees centigrade to mid 60s Fahrenheit. Um, soft conditions, I think these guys are going to absolutely rip the course to shreds this week. Um, that's kind of um, reflected if you look at the two renewals um, that we've had so far. So 2019 was won by Bernd Wiesberger at 22 under. He was a 40 to one shot. Wiesberger made 30 birdies during the course of that uh those four <laughs> th- th- 30 birdies 30 that's, birdies <laughs> 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 that's not... madness <laughs> that's, that's pretty good going isn't it he, he shot 22 under got 30 birdies and won at 40 to 1 um, and Aaron Wright <laughs> it's a mad stat, it? <laughs> that, is a 40,
0: that is a 42% birdie rate
1: Oh dear. Can you imagine getting that to 36 and you know literally every other hole in the entire, the entire wow. tournament? It would been mad, wouldn't it? So 30 birdies for Wiesburg. Aaron Rye, um, it was tougher in the autumn last year. There was wind, there was rain, um, tougher conditions generally. Um, Aaron Rye won at 11 under and uh, he was a 50 to one shot. For me, the conditions suggest it's going to be far more like 2019 than 2020. So I would suggest... Twenty-ish under par is going to be the winning score, and birdies are going to be the currency, big style this week. Um, and again, if you go back to those stats from uh, 2019, literally everyone in the top 40 was hitting at least 70% of greens from regulation. When it's when it's easier, when the conditions are good, um, then finding greens isn't the issue. It's proximity to the hole. It's putting when you get an opportunity to make a birdie. Um, attacking the par fives as well. Figsberger was 13 under for the par fives out of his total of 22 under. So um, you need to attack those par fives in good conditions. You need to get the ball close. You need to roll in a few of your putts. And um, if you can get anywhere near making 30 birdies, then um, you may well get close to winning this week at Renaissance. Um, Looking at those two guys again, both of them had finished second on their previous start in Ireland. So some very recent form could well be um, a good indicator here. And in fact, if we go back, a new Brandon Stone, he won in 2018 um, and he was a 400 to one shot um, on a different track of course. Um, he's the only one who out of the last what 11 renewals going back to 2010, hadn't had a top 10 finish in one of their previous four starts. So um, if you're looking for the outright winner, someone who's got some very recent contending form would be a good indicator, a good starting point, it would seem historically, Unless you're going to be able to pluck out a Brandon Stone 400 to one shot showing absolutely no form coming into the event. Um, in terms of event form, uh, Aaron Ryder finished ninth. Garland, on his debut a couple of years before, but didn't have any specific course form. In fact, he would missed the cut on his one start at Renaissance, so that wasn't much of a much of a clue. And if you go back prior to that, Wiesberger, Brandon Stone, Rafa, Rafa Cabrera beo the three previous winners, none of those guys had any specific Scottish Open form really either. Um, prior to that. Um, there was some, some good indicators in terms of the winners and uh, and previous form in the Scottish Open. Wider Scottish form would probably be a, more of an indicator for me, and maybe the Dunhill Links as being something that's scoreable in terms of correlating to this week. Um, and uh, you've got other you've got the Scottish Championship and some other events. Um, Paul Laurie Match Play over the years, where you could have a little dig in and see some Scottish um, form wider than just the Scottish Open, which of course hops about from venue to venue it is a rolex series event though this week 8 million dollar prize fund um and if you go through the list i put a full list of the rolex series winners on my preview this week if you want to check them out it's tended to be not exclusively but it's tended to be a classy sort who's uh, got over the line on these events and we've seen a few rolex series events where you've got some um lesser names right in the mix and then as you get right to the business end you know these guys are staring at a 2 million dollar payday um, and um, that can tighten things up a little bit I think. So the guy has actually tended to prevail has been one who's quite comfortable picking up that kind of check and, uh, and, and walking away with the uh, walking away with the money. Um, other things to note, three more open championship places are up for grabs this week. again that's players not in the top 10 who or players who finishing the top 10 who are not already qualified for the open. Um, so there's going to be a carrot dangle there for some of the players to try and get a late spot in next week's affair at the uh, at Sandwich for the Open Championship. Boiling it all down, though, this is a coastal track, it's Lynx-like, low scoring, um, Scottish form seems good, someone who's hitting the ball nicely in terms of um, approach play, putting, um, Dunhill Lynx form, as I said a few seconds ago, that seems to be one that's... Uh, it could be well worth a look. So, so yeah, I've, I went around the houses with this a bit. I had an absolutely horrendously long short list, or long list as it was. So I've managed to whittle it down to six players this week. Um Top of the market, John Rahms and Amorikawa, they're all making debuts here this week. Not that that's too much of an issue, I don't think, cause these guys are well capable of winning a golf tournament like this. But... Um, I think these guys at the top, they they should be more about uh, focusing on next week and just getting acclimatized and and, and you know working through the uh, working through the bag this week, getting themselves in the right kind of shape and form to to attack the Open next week at Royal St George's. McElroy, um, Justin Thomas, both of those guys have actually got some practical experience here. McElroy was thirty fourth here in twenty nineteen. Justin Thomas was ninth and both have got their challenges though. Thomas uh, that was a little bit of a spark with the putter last time out but he's uh, still been struggling a bit. McElroy, what did he finish last week 59th or something like that it was way down the field so um things aren't quite right. And I don't you said Barry's been out uh, practicing out in uh, in Ireland getting a bit of extra linksy practice over the uh, the last couple of days so um so yeah I expect um, expect this is more just a uh, preparation rather than a full-out attack to try and win the Scottish Open for these guys at the top. Um, ultimately, that leads me to Tyrrell Hatton as my headline this week. I backed him yesterday at 20-1, to 1, eight places each way, and... Uh He's been pushed out to 22s this morning, which probably says something about how my tips have been going over the last couple of weeks. Um, but yeah, anywhere that, around that bracket, 20 to 1 or thereabouts, um, good price on Hatton, I think. World number 10, um, he's won three of the last eight Rolex series events. He's extremely comfortable at this kind of level. And if you add in his 2017 Italian Open win, um, that means... His last four wins on the European Tour have all been Rolex Series-level wins. He's accumulated an awful lot of dollars, as it is with the Rolex Series events, into his bank account over the last few years from Rolex. Um, all six of his wins um, in the European Tour have come between 18 and 24 under par, which is perfect. The other two wins that I haven't mentioned were both at the Dunhill Lynx Championship, and Again, I think there's a clear correlation between that kind of setup and scoring, and what we should experience this week at Renaissance. He was 14th here on debut, first for strokes gain approach, fourth for strokes gained tee to green. So got on with the uh, the test from T to green very, very nicely, and um, just needed to putt a little bit better. Um, and we know with Tyrrell, when he can putt or when he does putt, he's, he's he can be extremely good. Uh, second at Palmetto a couple of weeks back on the PGA Tour. Uh, missed the cut at the Euro- uh, US Open. Um, I'm not bothered about that. If you go back and look at his recent history, he won the BMW PGA Championship at Wentworth last year, having missed the cut at the US Open on his previous start. A uh, couple of weeks off now. Time to reset. He's got the Olympics off his mind. He's decided that he's not going to represent. So um, it's back to business for me for Tyrrell Hatton this week. And um, ultimately, he's just immensely comfortable at this Rolex series level. So um, I can see him getting the job done this week, Tyrrell, at 20 to 1 or thereabouts. Um, next was Guido Migliozzi. Oh, really good at the US Open, wasn't he? He was outstanding. My um,
0: old mucker, no Guido.
1: Yeah, you put him up at uh, Travellers, was it?
0: A yeah, he, he was another one, a shot outside the each-way places, yeah. <laughs> but that, that, yeah. that, that, that form, because especially when you look at Lucas Herbert, who'd been over in the States and he Monday qualified at one event and then he went, was it mid-20s, I think he finished at the Travellers, came across back to the Irish Open, won. Absolutely.
2: So that kind yeah.
0: of, yeah, getting that kind of confidence boost in, a, in the United States and coming back to Euro Tour level. I could see that working for Guido.
1: Yeah, absolutely. As you say, Guido was 13th. Yeah, Lucas was slightly outside of that and turned, turned that PGA form into a win. And, and uh, yeah, these correlations can, uh, can tend to follow through, can't they? Um, I mean, it was only John Rahm who beat Guido in this field at the US Open. Um, everyone else was either tied or worse than him. And um, you know that was just an outstanding major championship debut from the from the young Italian, but it shouldn't have been surprised really. He had been runner-up twice in Europe for um, for his previous two events prior to that, as you've just said, 13 for the Travelers. Um, on his most recent start, which was good form, um, he's played here once. Um, he was sixth to halfway back in twenty nineteen. Um, sixth for strokes gained approach, ninth for strokes gained Tita to green that week in terms of his overall performance. He still lost strokes, getting on like, strokes. He lost strokes putting on the greens um, back then, a couple of years back. But he's generally putting much better now. I think he's more of an accomplished player. And you know, that feeling of having rubbed shoulders and um, contended with some of the guys at the very top of golf has got to rub through on his game, I think, and give him an extra boost of confidence. So, uh, so yeah, I'm on Guido at fifty-five to one. I'm also on Andrew Johnson beef at eighty to one, who seems far far happier, far more settled in his life uh, than he did a, did a year or so ago. He was, he was not in a great place um, twelve months ago. Um, yeah, the, the confines of the COVID bubble and um, everything was just uh, just weighing down on him a bit. But um, he seems much happier. Family life's good. Um, little girl growing up a little bit now, and he seems seems in a good place. Beef, and I think that can translate into something even more tangible with his uh, with his game and his results over the next few weeks and months. He's scoring well as well. Um, he shot a sixty three in Gran Canaria, shot a sixty three in Tenerife. And uh, for me, I tend to um, tend to class beef as more of a grinder. But when you also see in low rounds like that and some decent finishes, he was fourth in Tenerife, and that was a really low scoring effect um, yeah, that, that shows you that there's something really strong percolating in his game. 14th in Germany, 9th in Ireland, last two starts. Um, both times it was just one low round, um, tended to be on the Fridays, um, those two that were, that were letting him down. But if he can string four rounds together at some point, he's going to go very, very close to, to winning. Because all the aspects of his game are looking good. Every, every part of it, um, he's is, firing at various points. Um, Scottish form, he won, uh, he won his maiden challenge Tour event in Scotland back in the day. He was fourth here in 2019 in very similar conditions as well, so he proved he could score on this kind of track in these kind of conditions. So, so yeah, quite happy to take Andrew Johnston at 80-1 beef. Uh, three longer prices to finish. Uh, Richie Ramsey up back to 175-1. to one. He was 34th here in 2019. He came in far, far worse form um, back then, a couple of years back. Um, Opened with a 65, closed with a 67, which is half decent. More recently, um, 10 out of the last 11 cuts made, and he's been in contention a couple of times, sat in third place heading into the weekend a couple of times over over the last couple of months. Uh, finished fourth last week, um, and I mentioned in the preamble that uh, a strong recent finish from last week could, could be a good indicator. And that was his best finish for four years on tour, and he seems to be putting far better recently, which is a good indicator for this week, I think, uh, lives in Edinburgh, so this is a home tie, in effect, he can just, uh, just meander up the coast, in the mornings, and, uh, and tear up, uh, three top tens, at the Dunhill Links, over the years, um, a second, was his best there, sixth in this event, as well in the past, lots of Scottish form, Richie Ramsey, 175 to one, makes lots of sense, to me, um, as do, Ma- as does Matthew Southgate, at 200 to one, do you reckon, we could be looking at, a Sunday, Southgate double, Steve?
0: no, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think we'll be. I don't think we'll be looking at a Southgate double. But I did tweet it out last night, and there was like twenty odd people came back going, "That's that's just crazy." Or like the tweet. Yes. there's yeah. a, a great bit of prose that. No, but
1: not not a chance is the answer. Uh, but uh, so I, you know, stranger things have happened, Steve. Let's let's open. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, in terms what's of the, what's in terms the odds of, the of <laughs> Matthew Southgate
0: looking- winning and England winning the Euros. <laughs>
1: Well, yeah, England is six to four, so yeah, you're getting you're getting a decent uh, decent chunk if you're adding a two hundred to one mm. shot with that. Um, yeah. Not that I'm suggesting you do the double, guys, because that might be a little bit stretching the imagination. <coughs>
2: Paul, so. you have to do it now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, yeah, you may twist my arm there, Barry. Um, uh, going back to Southgate, second recently at the Porsche European Open. I mean, that's that's not really his bag, the Porsche European yeah. European Open. This is much much more to his liking. He absolutely loves links tracks. Yeah. Um, I, I a good, he's a very good show. Yeah, I,
0: for some I mean, that, was... that price is, that price is that price is lovely, isn't it? He, he's always that he kind that... of price.
1: Always is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and and what gets me is, is he's, he's generally that price when he's coming in off a string of missed cuts, and he's not. He's yeah, he missed Is, he, is he, he in Europe. the open or is he not? No, no, not that I could see. Um, it mm. looks like he's going to have to qualify through, through this week. So, yeah. um, and he's, he's got some good Open Championship form in the past, so he would be keen to tee it up. He's finished 12th um, and 6th at the Open Championship okay. over the years. Um, fourth and second in the Irish Open. Um, 2010, he won the St Andrew's Lynx Trophy as an amateur as well. So bags of Lynx form as well. Um, ninth here last year when it was cold and wet and horrible. I've, I've listened to Southgate talk before about his game and he's, he talks about how he's a field player and um, he needs that feel in his hands to play um, shots on and around the greens. And when it's cold and wet and windy, um, that just negates that for him. So if we go into what will be a more amenable links, warmer, um, you know, shirt sleeves rather than snoods, then that should be right up his alley, I think. And uh, if he finished ninth when it was tougher last year, then I suspect he could... Um, sneak into a place here at 200 to one really keen on Southgate hundreds um, and the final selection this week is Mark Warren at 300 to one another Scott uh, alongside Richie Ramsey I think he could go well um, and Warren Warren won exactly a year ago um, if you believe in biorhythms it was the first event back um, after the Covid break he won in Austria he was carrying his own bags as they were trying to do uh, get their head around and how the COVID protocols were going to work. Um, But yeah, so he's got got that to look back and uh, uh, reminisce on from exactly a year ago. But he's also got a great record in Scotland. He's one of those players that whenever the tour comes to Scotland, regardless of his incoming form, you need to take a look at him because he really does step his game up when he's playing in his homeland. Um, he won the Johnny Walker uh, back in the day, I forget the year, 2007 maybe. Um, three top fives at the Dunhill Links over the years, four top fours at the Scottish Open. Um, and at Rolex series level earlier this year, he was fifth at the Abu Dhabi Championship, which is good, good form. Um, not much since, but slight signs of some kind of progression. 28th last week in Ireland, and he actually led the field for putts per greens in regulation last week at the Irish Open. So the putter's firing. Mark Warren, when he's playing really well, he's also one of these guys who can notch a 80% plus greens in regulation week. So if you marry that together on on a course where hitting greens should be far easier this week and he's also putting well, um, I think he could go close to a, to a place as well. Um, Mark Warren, there were no um, first round leader prizes out when I put my preview out. And I will be looking again this um, over the course of today. But Warren is also the type who could get a um, first round leader quick start as well. So he's one that I'll be taking a very close look at um, in relation to his uh, tea time when it comes out. Uh, but yeah they're my six so um, just working back through uh, in reverse order then Mark Warren 300 to 1 Matt Southgate 200 to 1 Richie Ramsey 175 to 1 Beef Johnson 80 to 1 Guido Migliozzi 55 to 1 and Tyrrell Hatton 20 to 1 um, I've backed all of mine eight places each way but do check the terms because there's plenty of deals out there this week <sighs> that's me any, uh, any thoughts from you guys?
2: you, you must that? be out, out of ammunition could but next week coming up, Paul. <laughs> uh, this it's I've I have more uh I like a few of the shouts, I like Guido. Um, there's a few others that are kind of catching my eye, like Francesco Molinari, Martin Keimer has been showing some signs of life and we spoke about in there recently, and you know, hopefully he can get that win that could kind of possibly uh Get rid of a few of the demons um that uh came into his life uh, out in the Middle East when he lost that ten shot lead. Um I've I've added I've I've added Guido for sure. Um and I did a couple of long shots in Cali Samoya and also Dale Whitnell, who had a good week last week in Ireland.
1: Yeah, he did, didn't he? He he got into the got into the field quite late. I'd backed him the week before, I think, and um, he didn't didn't do a great deal. But uh, there's there's something, there's something there with Whitmill. Um, this he's the kind of player that I think could uh, could pop up um, in the near future. And uh, and you know, Alad, Marcus Armitage, and um, you know that that kind of scenario where he could uh, he could get that maiden win um, after after a few years. So no, no, I can see I can see where you're coming from with that. Anything
0: else? Anything amusing? I'm going to urinate on your strawberries. I can't.
1: Then.
0: I think John Rahm could just come and win this at a canter. Oh, yeah, he
1: could.
0: Twenty four under, nineteen under, twenty under, twenty two under, nineteen under. Those are his European tour victories. Hmm. So, yeah, I think I might have a win only bet on Rahm at eight to one. Yeah, you know, if, we, if we're saying that Aaron Ryan, Bernd Wiesberger, won this after second place finishes, I do agree with Barry on Dale Whitnell. He makes a lot of sense. I think I'm on board with Guido. And the other one I think that's just... I think there's a few European players like Guido who fancy their chances of sneaking into the, into the Ryder Cup team. Especially with per- Perez on the skids. You've got Perez on the skids, you've got Justin Rose in all sorts of trouble with his form. Sergio's kind of flashing and not doing a great deal. was just kind of top 20ing and just about on the scene, but he'll get a captain's pick. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised, you know, if Martin Keimer wins this. I think Martin Keimer's very, very ripe for a victory. He is that, close. He is close. And you said in that you said in your um you know commentary. Alfred Dunhill, Scottish Open, a great links in. Well, he's finished second and first in an Alfred Dunhill. He's clearly a Scottish Open previous winner. I know it was on a different kind of track. But actually, look at where, look at the scores he he has won at when he used to win. You know, WGC HSBC Champions, 20 under par. Abu Dhabi HSBC Golf Championship, 24 under par. You know, 21 under par again when he won the Abu Dhabi in 2010. That's a kind of score that he comes to the party at. He won the Alfred Dunnell in 2010 at 17 under being Danny Willett. yeah I, I could just see Keimer, and it, that I just thought Keimer's price is a bit of an overreaction he's is, is it 60 to one I saw yeah 70 to one66 66 is with Unibit. yeah I know and that seems it's, to be a great kind of target price when you're looking at previous winners here. yeah yeah
1: yeah there's it's, it's difficult because um, I, I I I, I Tend to agree that kymer has got a win in him and got a win in him soon. His approach play
0: right now is some of the best on the planet. It was yeah. just—I think it—it it seemed to me that it's Julia that was a bit, bit, bit a bit a bit tight for him off the tee. He was he was one and a half strokes negative off the tee, and I can imagine that's him kind of firing it into the trees and whatever. I think mm. around here with you know easy sight lines, a very soft golf course where the ball's just going to plug in the fairway. And with that approach play, he's going to create a lot of chances this week. Yeah. 66 is, I'm on Keimer as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, no, I, I think the nature of this market and the guys at the very top do make some of those mid to longer prices really, really attractive this week. And with the h way terms, um, yeah, there's there's a number you could really make a case for. But, uh, just,
0: just to add to your commentary on Tyrrell Hatton, he was 50. A fourteen and a half strokes game positive at the Palmetto Challenge uh, Championship, tee to green. You won't be surprised to hear he was first in the field, tee to green at the Palmetto. Yeah. So I think Hatton's going to be another feature as well as as you do. Yeah. And he absolutely thrives well, at this level as well. All I'm thinking is if Keimer was to break the hoodoo. I don't think a Scottish Open before the Open Championship would be a bad co- place for that to happen. And also, because it's a Rolex Series event, that must boost his, um, his, in terms of his Ryder Cup qualification, it must go through the roof. I mean, I'm seeing yeah, yeah. he's 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 kind of fringy on the European points scale at the moment. But a win this week, he'd be right in the mix.
1: Yeah, he's, he's got so many close finishes, hasn't he, since this uh since this qualifying period has started for the uh, for the Ryder Cup this year, so so uh, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I watch with interest because um, I'm still not convinced that when it really comes down to comes down to it, he's uh, he's quite worked it out. But um, I think he will, and uh, the week that he does, um, you know, I, I'll, I'll be pleased for him whether I'm on, on him or not. So we shall see.
0: It sounds like we're kind of in the same territory on both events this week. Because clearly the John Deere Classic over in the PJ Tour is another one of these renowned total and utter birdie fests. Um, John Deere, clearly um, the, the title sponsor. Deer Run, with an E, is the uh, the golf course. It's 70, uh, past 71, it's short. Um, it's gettable, effectively. Um, they make sure that the uh, Illinois... Fire Brigade come out before every round to make sure those greens are nice and soft and receptive. And uh, it's target golf effectively. Um, but it's also a tournament that really does suffer in terms of the field that it's get, it gets purely because of where it is in the calendar. So um, it's well-renowned that a lot of pros jump on a John Deere-funded um, plane and as soon as the John Deere's finished they're up and away and they're heading across to the UK for the Open Championship so that will, again will be the case in point this week flying from Illinois into uh, into I don't, I don't know where they'd land maybe Heathrow or Biggin Hill or something like that in terms of where the charter flights are coming in for the Open down in Kent um and it's, yeah, it's not the best of fields. I, I think genuinely the field here seems to be getting weaker and weaker. I mean, especially when you're, when you're throwing so many top names in at the Scottish Open this, uh, this week. Um, it's, uh, it, there's no doubt that um, we've got a far stronger field over here in Scotland this week than the, they've got over in Illinois on the PGA Tour this week. But yeah, I'm not expecting anything overly different from what we normally get at the John Deere, which tends to be um, a very, very low-scoring tournament. And when you when you when you look at these things and you see champions lists that include three-time winner Steve Stricker, uh, Zach Johnson, and even Bryson DeChambeau from a few years ago, that kind of tells you that. One of the things that we're going to need to do this week is uh, clearly make lots of birdies, which means we need to have a putter that's going to fire. Um, I don't think the scoring conditions are going to be that difficult. In fact, I think they've eased. I'm just looking at the weather forecast right now, actually. Um, We're looking at winds of 7 to 10 miles an hour Thursday, Friday, so nothing there. Um, It looks like a front's coming through potentially over the weekend, so... Um, very much in the air there but it could be blowing as strong as 25 miles an hour on the Sunday which would make things very interesting um So me I don't know I, I don't see a I don't see a Michael Kim 27 under par winning this week. I don't think it's going to be quite as extreme as that. I expect with that weather coming in over the weekend we could be seeing that sort of 22 23 under par winning score. I think if you're looking for an each way placer this week, they better be shooting 19 under par, something like that. That's the kind of t- uh, target that uh, players need to be aiming for. Um, in terms of the actual physical golf course and the agronomy, TPC Deer Run, we are looking at a par 71 of 7,268 yards. Uh, Waters, waters uh, hazards. There's only three of them, so there's not a lot of water on the course. The greens are five thousand five hundred square feet, so pretty typical, pretty uh, similar to what we saw last week in Detroit. They're bent grass greens, so uh, a rarity on the PGA Tour. Pure bent grass greens. I got it wrong last week because I mentioned there wasn't a lot of bent grass. I think so far this year, there's been Memorial. I forgot Colonial, I think, last week. And we also, of course, had there was a Byron Nelson that they played somewhere around Dallas. That was pure bent grass as well. Yeah. yeah. Throwing the Masters. This is the fifth Bentgrass event on the PJ Tour this season. Yeah, it's been, it's been a lot of Poana, isn't there? A lot of Poana and Bermuda just seems to be perme you know, permeate everywhere. Um I know that clearly they follow the weather, don't they? So, you know, Florida and Texas and spots like that before they can play further up country in the in you know June and July, but yeah, bent grass pure it seems to be a bit of a commodity. I think they I don't they might be playing the Barber Soul next week, the alternate event at um, at Keen Trace, which is Kentucky. That's that would be bent grass as well, but. Um, yeah, and that, in a way, I think that negatively affects players. I think that's negatively affected Alex Naren because we've always said Alex is an absolute bent grass monster. Never won on Bermuda grass on the European Tour. When I've gone through all of his records, yeah,
1: yeah, no, no, similar. Bent,
0: bent mixed with Poa, though. That's his putting surface. And then, lo and behold, you know, they go across to uh, Detroit last week. He's kind of he's. He's working his way through, you know, through the FedEx Cup. He, he was way out of the FedEx Cup when they were playing on Bermuda, and as soon as they've got up country to some power, to some bent grass, some mix of the both, all of a sudden the results have come from Loren. Um, it's just you, you can see these kind of trends when you look closely at players. Um, I think he's a great shout for this week. We'll get into that in a minute. Um, if you're looking at the the scoring levels here, I mean, it's always they always tend to be in the top twelve. Ten easiest scoring golf course TPC Deer Run. I don't see that being any different. We're basically looking at wide fairways. They're 36 yards, 300 yards off the tee, and um, this is even wider than last week. And it's just set up for it's just set up for scoring effectively. Fratelli won at 21 under last year. Uh, sorry, 2019 because they didn't play this in 2020. Michael Kim was that extreme 27 under. Bryson won his maiden PGA Tour victory here at 18-under. And then you get the real kind of plotters. Ryan Moore at 22-under. Spieth at 20-under. Brian Harmon, another plotter, 22-under. Spieth won his maiden PGA Tour event here at 19-under. Zach Johnson at 20-under. Steve Stricker at 22 and 26-under par in 2010, 26 under par, that's just mad, that's just incredible, um, so yeah, plotters in there, just you know, and also, when you were looking at Stricker, when he won here, the three in the trot, Zach Johnson, they'd also been winners in the season prior to them actually winning this, um, and actually, I think that they kind of won, I think Zach had won at Colonial, Steve Stricker won at Memorial, one of the years he won this, So, you know, if we had a better quality field, you you could say some of the recent winners would get involved this week. Um, Betting-wise, Daniel Berger, Bet365 just seemed to have gone um, this morning. They're they're dominating on price. Um, It has to be said at the Jordan Dig Classic. So you've got your fireplace each way according to the industry standard. But you know, on most players this week, bet 365 are biggest or at least equal joint biggest price. They are 11 to 1 on Berger. Everyone else, 9 to 1. That's just crazy, really. Brian Harmon at 14s. Now, I wouldn't call Brian Harmon a kind of machine when it comes to winning. He's won twice, one of them here. So, yeah, i get that. Sung Jae Im at 18s with bet 365. He's 16s across most. Russell Henley, who we know is a bit of a knee knocker when he's in contention. You can get him at 20, un- uh, 20 uh, to 1. He's 16 under with a lot of firms. And then Kevin Strillman at 25 to 1. It kind of shows you where what we're up against this week. There's a lot of very overpriced golfers there, in my opinion. But you know they've got to put someone up as favour, haven't they? Yeah. Cam Davis, 28 to 1 after winning... Uh, Last week, Seamus Power, Barry, thirty-three to one. He is the first, second, third, fourth, fifth, seventh placed
2: favourite, Seamus Power.
0: Are you on?
2: That's what everyone is asking. Absolutely. I shot myself in the foot by leaving Rahm alone at the U.S. Open because of Price and maybe. Well, okay, yeah. Let's not talk about the COVID doubt, but. And I think I did it earlier this season as well. I just got price proud or whatever it was. And I just, I can't, I can't jump ship now. I'm, I'm, I'm here for, I'm here for it. So if he, if he tanks this week and it doesn't work, so be it. But um, I'm not missing out. In my mind, I was always going to put power up
0: last week and this week. I've jumped off this week. So I expect he gets his maiden PGA to a victory.
2: (laughs) Steve, we appreciate your service. Thank you. I've done
0: you a favor. I won at least 20%
2: of your winnings. Well, do you want to give me 20% of the stake?
0: Yeah, I could do. Maybe, we, maybe we'll do it that way. <laughs> the Bamford kiss of death is off Seamus Power. So, yes. I mean, he ticks all that. I mean, he's ticking every box, really. But I suppose I've got a bit price-proud with him, which is the new phrase for the Golf Bank System podcast. But, yeah, I, I sent you the numbers uh, yesterday, didn't I? Just, I just gave yeah. you a little... Um, a, a, he is, uh, on my eight-week trackers, he's tied first for strokes gained current form with Hank Lebioda. He's um, also number one for strokes gained T to green in this field.
2: So, yeah. And Difficult and to argue against the guy, isn't it? Tied ninth in strokes gained putting. It's yeah. a really good combination. Uh, it's just, it hurts that he's been cut all the way to 33 to one. I mean, looking at the top of the market. I mean, would you take John Rahm at eight to one in the Scottish Open or Daniel Berger at nine to one in in this? Like, it's uh, it's a bit wild. And you know, based on Alex Noren's result last week, I'd have thought you'd have seen him a little bit higher up. Um, but
0: that's why I've taken him.
2: It, it's it's um it's a weak field for it. Really is. I mean, I don't think that. Look, it, it is where it is in the calendar, but it really doesn't help anybody. To, you know, you don't think it helps people that much in terms of switching their game across to links style of golf for next week. So uh, I think, the, I think,
0: I think some of the, the the names, if you like, and there aren't many in this field. I think a lot of them probably are turning up here to have a, a nice round of golf before heading to hell in their mind at the Open Championship. Maybe, and it's maybe. and it's nice to get across to the UK on a free jet provided by John Deere. So I don't know if some of the very big, or very big names, there aren't any really very big names in it, but I don't know if some of the names aren't kind of just using this event more as a, well, I can play and hop across to the UK and then come back. And I don't know if, they're, if their real mind or heart's going to be in it. But for someone like Seamus Power, he's all in. He's got a mm. pj Tour card to play for. And I genuinely think that for someone like Alex Noren, because he never won in the United States. He's in the Open Championship, yes, so that's great. But again, I, I keep saying this: I think there's still a spot, at least a spot, up for grabs on the Ryder Cup team. Yeah. And it, all it needs is Naren to go, you know, nuts at the moment. And fourth last week, a shot out of the playoff. Win this week. Go and finish in the top ten at the Open Championship. This is all very capable for Alex Naren, It's all very possible for him. And all of a sudden, he's a real name in that Ryder Cup conundrum for Padraig Harrington. So I, I'm on. I'm on Noren. I, I I can again. His numbers are very very impressive right now. Um, I'm seeing Alex Noren fifth in strokes gain current form. I'm seeing him um, in the top 13 for strokes gain putting, and I'm also seeing him in the top 12 for strokes gain tee to green over the last eight weeks. And as we saw last week, 18-under. I think on these kind of bent grass golf tournaments where you have to shoot low scores, I think that's kind of his MO at the moment. So, yeah, I'm on Alex Noren. He's my headline um, selection this week. At 33-1, to 1, I got seven places each way with Boils, Alex Noren, two points each way. I just think that him and a shameless power, they're turning up at this with... Real focus, and I, I think that could be half the battle for players. You know, named players. Just you know, they're not turning up to go through the sort of just through the the routine, and I'm just playing it because I want to get to the open. It's kind of they they, they want to do something this way. Yeah, it's a so big I'm, on, prize I'm on As well,
1: wasn't it? It's a big prize because it, it, it's not an alternate event. It's not a it's not a watered down. Prize fund or or points total. It's uh, it's it's big business for these guys to go out and win this
0: week. It's five hundred FedEx Cup points. It's a two year exemption, and for Alex Noren, it would be that it would be that question that he's constantly asked, and he was asked it again yesterday on on Sunday. You know, oh, you've come very close to winning in the United States. When, you know, when are you going to win over here? And, he's, and he instantly gets on the defensive and says, you know, well, I've won 10 times on the European tour. but Those don't count on the
2: PGA Tour. It doesn't,
0: really doesn't count. <laughs> if you if you haven't won on the PGA Tour, you're nothing. So they he don't constantly care. gets asked that question. It must drive him crazy.
2: Oh, that putt he hit on 18 was not good. It was a fast putt, but wow. He, uh, yeah. <sighs> oh, I think well. he's there or thereabouts, though. I think he's there or thereabouts.
0: Yeah. I don't think he's far away. And when you actually look at Naren and what he tends to do when he wins, a lot of his wins come off a hard contending or semi-contending performance the very week before he wins. Mm. That's, that, that happens a lot when you just look at the victories he's had. And also, with he, the victories he's had over here, as I said, all bent grass, all mixed with power. It's all that kind of North Europe type of um, agronomy on the greens. I just think this course is going to suit him I really do. Well the other thing to point out here is a bit of feast or famine with 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 names. But I'm just going through FedEx Cup rankings here when they won. Dylan Fratelli 154. He beat Russell Henley and Andrew Landry. They were 165 and 171 in the FedEx Cup as they arrived here at the John Deere Classic. So in deep deep trouble in terms of the FedEx Cup. Year before that, Michael Kim was 161 in the FedEx Cup. He beat Bronson Bagoon, of all people. He was 134th in the FedEx Cup. You seeing a pattern here? Um, there was also Sam Ryder at 148 who finished in the top four. The year before that, Bryson DeChambeau. He wasn't exactly um, you know. This is Bryson in 2017. He was 114th in the FedEx Cup, so only 10 places within the cutoff. He beat Patrick Rogers at 107, and Rick Lamb, of all people, 206th in the FedEx Cup. So you've got players here who are seriously scrambling for their pl- any kind of playing privileges. So that got me thinking. No, Seamus Power clearly falls into that category. We have already discussed where he's in the FedEx Cup.
2: Again, we thank so, you for not picking him. Thank you.
0: If he wins, I'll take a lot of credit for that. But... I'm throwing in then some players that are outside the 125. So I've thrown in Bo Hosler, point each way 66 to 1 with Paddy Power eight places each way. He's been playing some nice golf recently. He was as low as 166 uh, after a miscut of the AT&T Byron Nelson, but he still finds himself at 144 on the FedEx Cup standings. Coming in off form of 19th at the Palmetto, 10th at the Travellers, and 25th last week at the Rocket Mortgage. And I just think Hosler, again, low scoring, upstate. I think Hosler could go well, 66-1 to 1 on him. I'm getting really random now. Jim Herman, Donald Trump's favourite golfer. Now, if there's one thing you say about Jim Herman... You've told me this in the past, Paul. Knows how to get over the line. He can win, can't he? He is very TPJ, isn't he? You won't hear from him for months. And then all of a sudden, bang, he wins. He A three-time winner on the PJ Tour. 2016 Shelby Houston Open. 20, 2019 Barbasol on Bent Grass Greens. 2020, last year, the Wyndham Championship. And he won those last two at 26 under par and 21 under par. And actually, over the last eight weeks, I am seeing him quite visual in terms of my trackers. I'm actually seeing, and I, I almost fell on the floor when I read this number, he's actually in the top fifth, uh, top 14 for strokes gained putting over the last eight weeks. This is Jim Ehrman, who's one of the worst putters known to man. So we're seeing him in the top... Uh, Top 14 for putting, and he's also in the top. Uh, where are we looking? Oh, he's in the top 25, I think he is, or something like that. Um, well, let me just. I'll actually read this through and do this properly rather than just skin it. 11th for greens in regulation, 5th for driving, actually, bearing in mind this is a golf course. 12th for strokes going off the tee, and he's 14th for strokes going tee to green. So actually, he's in the top 15 for both tee to green and putting. So I'm adding him 125 to 1 on Jim Herman. And I think he's ranked out at 180 something on the FedEx Cup. Oh, he's 176. So Herman's in. Um, a couple of top 25s his last two events. He's probably playing too well, really, but there you go. And finally, Kevin Tway of my FedEx Cup kind of outsiders. He's, I I think he's down at 190 something on the FedEx Cup. But he just started to show signs last week. I think he was top 12 or something like that. Going into the final round and ended up coming in the top 20. But yeah, Kevin Tway, 300 to 1. I've gone half a point each way. Eight places each way with Paddy Power on Kevin Tway. When you're looking at correlating golf courses, I don't know why this is. I've got no idea whatsoever. But there seems to be some kind of correlation between Silverado, where they play the Safeway Open, and here. We've had Ryan Moore, who's a winner here. He's finished second at Silverado. Michael Kim had a top five at Silverado before winning this. And there's a whole list of players that have... uh, Patrick Rogers has finished sixth at Silverado, second here. He's another one that might do something this week, Rogers, because he's, he's in dire FedEx Cup uh, problems. But yes, I've gone for Kevin Tway, who actually won the 2019 Safeway Open at Silverado, 300 to 1 on Tway. And then two mid prices, v- Johnny Vegas, who I think kind of the. Johnny Vegas and low scoring go hand in hand. Second recently at the Palmetto. He actually made the cut at the US Open, Johnny Vegas. I mean,. US Opens and Johnny Vegas don't go in the same sentence, in my opinion. But he actually... That was his first major championship finish since 2018, I believe. Uh, Just playing some nice... He was second in Puerto Rico behind Brandon Grace. He was second in Palmetto behind Garrick Higo. And he was third here uh, in 2013. Again... Second for greens in regulation, first for off the tee, eighth for approach, fourth for tee to green, seventeenth for strokes gained current form last eight weeks. I could see Johnny Vegas. Um, he's two-time winner of the RBC Canadian Open at Glen Abbey, which I think is a similar course to this as well. Tree line, classical, low scoring. He won the second one of those at twenty-one under par. He won the Bob Oak Classic at twenty-seven under par. His maiden PGA Tour victory. And the other one I fired in there is Hot Fire, Pat and Keziah. He finished, didn't he, 64 on Sunday when the wind laid down. Just went absolutely nuts. Eight under, par 64. The same score as Alex Noren. Yeah, it's we've been cracking si- final round. Well, I know that you guys were sniffing around Keziah earlier this year and he's had a couple of third places, didn't he? One at Colonial, one at that Byron Nelson where... Um, K.H. Lee won at 25 under par. I think this is kind of perfect MO for Keziah. Just go out there and make as many birdies as you want. Whether he can hang around when it's blowing 25 mile an hour on Sunday um, remains to be seen. But I could see have being right up there. So those are my selections. Noren, Keziah, Johnny Vegas, Bo Hosler, Jim the Herminator Herman and Kevin Twy. Who are you who are you sprinkling your um, your your
2: little stakes on at the John Deere Classic this week, boys? Here you go Barry. Well, I didn't sprinkle very much further. Um I've just you've kept gone, it to You've gone balls just, deep on Seamus. Yeah, well i am quite yeah, heavy enough on Seamus. I gotta gotta make a count if it really does catch, so uh deal i added one more and he kind of fits into that outside the top 125 um i haven't done the maths on it now because i'm just kind of coming up with the angle but um he's probably running out of his exemption um showed flashes there a couple of weeks ago um getting off to a hot start and i think he nearly got first round leader but satoshi Kodaira, so he's very hot in your putting stats and Not you know the the sorry he's also um good off the tee at the moment, so just kind of merging those together hopefully as a half decent week with the irons gives himself enough opportunities to let that putter work um but I was able to get him at was it one hundred and twenty five to one seven places I got a little bit greedy. Taking the price, but uh, so that's that's it. Shame, Seamus, and Satoshi. He keeps
0: flashing Kadaira, doesn't he?
2: He's yeah, I, good stuff, he? I've added him ra- Yeah, first round leader. So uh, himself and Seamus, first round leader. So
0: Kadaira is 147.
2: Mm-hmm. So yeah, he's fighting for his life. And yeah, the
0: exemption's long gone, I think. The, the win, the win exemption, it will certainly be gone at the end of this year. So yeah, he's fighting yeah. for his PGA tour. Yeah, is he seems to get, yeah, fat first round leader bet, he's all over it, isn't he, at the moment? Yeah, yeah, keeps, yeah. He keeps getting off to a super fast start, so hopefully he can hang around for him. What about you, Paul?
1: Yeah, I did interest with I'd not really considered him, but um, he, he'd been on my radar a few weeks back, so I'll, I'll take a look at him, it's a good, good shout Barry I think. Um, Going at to sixty to one, I'm seeing first round leader with Unibet and the, yep. the different Canby outfits as well. So given that he's thirty three to one outright, yeah, he does have this ability to start quickly. to Monday qualify as well, in a you know a one round affair, or, or you know quick when when the pressure's under. I, I wonder if first round leader might be the market for Sheamus this week at that kind of price. Um, but the top out outright, Pat Perez, who sat atop top of your uh, predictor model this week, Steve, eighty to one, seven places each way, and he loves a birdie fest as well, doesn't he?
0: He does. You love you love Pat Perez as well.
1: Yeah, he's up there with Matthew
0: Southgate for you isn't
1: he addicted to Pat Perez on a birdie (laughs) fest Um, yeah the 10th at the Palmetto recently um, 14th at the Rocket Mortgage last week Uh, first of strokes game putting last week at the Rocket Mortgage which if you're going to come into a birdie fest and you're leading the um, field of four strokes game putting then that's not a bad place to be I don't think 4th here on his debut back in 2002 back in the dim and distant past so he has got some very old course form but uh, more interested in that putting spark that we saw last week from Pat Perez he was 8th um,
0: other- after 54 holes at the Palmetto and he was 6th yeah. last week at the Rocket Mortgage after 54 holes so well, he's, yeah, the, he, looked- he, he's that's the kind of form that you want to win this
1: yeah, yeah, he was third for strokes game approach at the Palmetto, which again, you know, if strokes game approach um, three starts back. First for strokes, game putting last week. Mm. Uh, it ties that together, he's going to get to about thirty-four under par. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> he'll, he'll, no, he'll, he's a, he's a
0: good shout. He's one of those that was on my short list that I scraped off. So, yeah.
1: We shall see. Um, so, Pat Perez and also uh, Robert Streb I've backed 125 to one with eight places. There's a little bit more if you fancy a five placer, but I've taken Barry's advice finally um, and uh, gone for one 125 with eight places instead. Um he's he's done it right here in the past. He was sixth, seventh, and tenth after the first day on three consecutive years back in 2013 through 15. Uh, 11th into the weekend in 2017 before um, missing the second cut. Um, open and close with a 67 last week. It's an half-decent form, I think. 9th uh, to Sunday at the Travellers. 11th um, into the weekend at the Charles Schwab as well. So, um, some recent enough decent form. Won the RSM back in November. Shot a 61 in the second round that week. 1 at 19 under par. So, um, can get... get, get go low, can you know, finish with a, uh, or can produce a low total altogether, so um, so yeah, I thought 125 to 1 on the Streb was too big, um, and also like your Jim Herman shout as well, Steve, I, I agree, he is the, sh- the sort who can actually convert when the, the opportunity is presented to him as well, so um, a few outsiders for me this week.
0: Jim Herman's the kind, of, you know when you're looking at Betfair on like a Saturday morning, in Jim Herman's kind of at the top of the leaderboard, but he's like seventh place on the betting. No one, no one will ever fancy him until he actually gets the winning putt. But yeah, three time winner, and two, two of them at crazy low scoring events.
1: Yeah, I think the last one he actually produced an incredible weekend. He he kind of came in around about the cut line or just just ahead of it, and then just went absolutely bananas over the uh, at the Sunday. Wyndham yeah, was at the last one he won? I, I, yeah, was
0: it was the Wyndham down uh, down in South Carolina. Yeah, He shot 61-63 Saturday, Sunday. That's,
1: that
0: tends to work at the Wyndham. <laughs> <don't they? laughs> That's craziness. Beat Billy Horshaw, Kevin Kisner and Webb Simpson. I mean, there's some names there, aren't there? Doc Redman and Siwoo Kim. Yeah, Jim so Herman. This week well this is it and you get so many of these players that get to the top of the leaderboard and crumble like a, you know, like a Harold Varner I'm just using him as an example but then you've got someone like Jim Ehrman that misses cuts like eight straight miss cuts gets in contention and beats Horschel Kisner, Simpson Redmond, and Siwoo Kim madness a closer I'm on yep Well, thank you for your time. We are going to be recording our Open Championship Research Podcast later this week, so listen out for that. Um, I wish you the very best of luck, chaps, with your bets this week. Let's hope for some real luck. Clearly, Seamus is going to win, so everything will turn out okay. Um, We've also got um, a a situation, of course, where the Open Podcast later this week and then early next week, we're not 100% certain when we're going to record it, but early next week. We will be going through our selections for next week's Open. It's been a pleasure. Best of luck, guys. Best of luck, everybody. Best of luck to listeners. Thank you. And, of course, as ever, please give us your five-star reviews. We'll see you soon. Goodbye. If you like betting on golf But everyone that you back misses the cut Get some experts involved all the stats and the tips and so much more cuz it's the golf betting system
2: the golf
0: betting system is the golf-